The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I thought I would start this evening with a reading, but uh, since it usually takes a few minutes for people to arrive, let's just settle into a light meditation, and then I'll uh, offer the reading in a couple minutes here. If you like, you can continue your meditation as I read this poem. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always justice. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time, where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president, only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far, far from polished, far from pristine. But that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge a union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. 
we close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must put a, first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to glade the hill we climb, if only we dare. It's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy, and this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith, we trust. For while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption we feared at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation, because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain, if we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with. Every breath from my bronze-pounded chest, we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the wind-swept northeast, where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. And every known nook of our nation and every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge, battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light if we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. So that piece was called The Hill We Climb, and it was by Amanda Gorman. And I, I just found uh, so much in it that related to how we practice as 
meditation practitioners and happy hour practitioners as well. And this seems a good day to cultivate equanimity and balance. Given all the conditions we work with individually in our lives and those we face together in this uh, on this planet. So in meditation practice, we cultivate awareness in ways that gradually clear our hearts and minds of suffering. As we gradually become more aware of the causes of our stress, our dissatisfaction, our suffering, we gradually learn to let go of actions of speech, thought, and behavior that don't work. We give up those that lead in the direction of more suffering in favor of those that offer more lasting happiness, more sustainable peace. So we let go into kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity, and more, the the qualities we cultivate during happy hour. And during happy hour, we cultivate the ability to bring these qualities to the forefront of our meditation practice. So with that, I'll offer a briefly guided meditation. And as we settle into this meditation, giving yourself plenty of time to find a balance within could be a balance between comfort and alertness, just between factors that are facing you right now in the body, in the mind. Finding or allowing whatever ease is available to you right now. Perhaps releasing anything that was a preoccupation or a tightening during the day that might be able to be released as you breathe, as you let go of extra preoccupations into Just being aware, being mindful here and now. Noticing whatever's coming into awareness. There's no right or wrong thing that comes to mindfulness. There's only allowing and being present for whatever's here for you right now. Whether it's unpleasant, pleasant, or neither.
Nothing turned away. Allowing your whole experience, your whole self to be here. Your whole experience knowing it. Seeing it, sensing it. Whatever the quality of your mindfulness is as well. Mindfulness can be clear or foggy. It can be contracted around some particular thing or open. We can be aware of being distracted or focused. resistant or accepting, whatever attitudes of mind or states of mind are available and coming up, just noticing them as well. Mindfulness can encompass all experience that arises. And perhaps allowing to come to mind any area of your life or your meditation itself in which you might like to be more balanced. Inclining the mind in the direction of balance, perhaps, if it's useful to you this evening, by repeating one of the phrases I'll offer as a very quiet whisper in the mind or quiet inclination of the mind. May I bring more balance to my life. Balance in what I think, what I say, and what I do. May I choose to practice the middle way, avoiding extremes.
or states that cause me ups and downs unnecessarily. And a classic phrase to cultivate equanimity. I am the owner of my own karma. My happiness or unhappiness depends upon my actions, not upon my wishes. Karma here meaning simply actions and consequences. I am the owner of my actions and consequences. My happiness depends upon my actions, not upon my wishes. So as we meditate in silence this evening, you can choose to repeat any or all of these phrases or ones that you find helpful, and I'll repeat them just now. Or you can choose to continue in silence, just cultivating awareness of what's arising, and perhaps some equanimity with it. May I bring more balance to my life. Balance in what I think, what I say, and what I do. May I choose to practice the middle way, avoiding extremes. I am the owner of my own karma, my own actions and consequences. My happiness or unhappiness depends upon my actions, not upon my wishes.
And if there's someone else in your life for whom you think these wishes would be helpful because you notice they could benefit from more balance or equanimity, you could extend these same phrases to them or other wishes. May you bring more balance into your life. Balance in what you think, what you say, and what you do. May you choose the middle way, avoiding extremes. And especially if they throw you off balance, you could send the wish or the inclination of mind. You are the owner of your own karma, your own actions and consequences. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes or your wishes.
Perhaps also with some compassion in the last couple of minutes of our meditation, recognizing that we together are also the heirs to the karma or the actions and consequences, the net effect of them taken together as a state, as a country, as a planet, and our happiness and unhappiness is intertwined with the consequences of actions taken, some of which we participate in, at least as voters or in some way as advocates, and some of which is beyond our control. May we have compassion for the areas that are vast and have huge consequences for us.
So we have now have time to uh, share a little bit in small groups of about three or four people. And the idea is to share anything that feels comfortable and right for you this evening. It could be areas of your life where you would like to bring balance or equanimity or ways you found that you can find that, um, challenges you have with it, questions you have about it. And so the idea is to share one thing at a time and to make the round uh, with each person sharing only one thing at a time, then giving the next person their chance to speak and going around in that way. And also to speak about your own experience, not to offer crosstalk or opinions or advice to the other people in your circle, but just to sincerely listen to them and notice what's coming up in you. Um, and then when we come back to the main group, the idea is to share again from your own experience, not naming someone else and what they said, but you can certainly say inspirations that came to you, um, ideas or things that are up for you. So uh, with that, I will arrange breakout groups. And if for any reason you find yourself um, in a group where there are not enough people, hang out for a second and I will find you and put you in another room. So enjoy your groups. We'll be in them for about 10 minutes. Welcome back. We now have uh, about nine minutes uh, for questions or comments, inspirations, concerns, anything that you'd like to share. All of it is welcome. And if you're not visible on screen, you're welcome to unmute yourself. If you are visible, you can just raise your hand. Is everyone very equanimous and balanced? <laughs> it would be wonderful if that were true. <laughs> yes, Carrie, please. Um, I just kind of had a comment that... Um, rather than a question, but my comment might, you know, stir some kind of uh, sense of uh, response of, 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 of something there. But um, I had shared with my group that um, I was at the ocean at low tide this morning and witnessed um, and in the meditation that you um, brought us through, it brought back that memory of these um, two starfish that were next to each other on a rock 
surrounded by all these other muscles and um, just their exposure and vulnerability just kind of plastered to the rock like that among these um, changing forces of nature. And somehow, as I thought of them, I thought of them as so brave and courageous, <laughs> you know, and maybe I was identifying myself in life as one of these starfish <laughs> kind of like on the rock and these great, great forces. And it's um, and just that sort of um, that where our sensitive beings exposed in a in a world to all the forces around us and um so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Carrie. Yes, uh, we are exposed to huge forces that are beyond our control. You know, many of them as a planet, as a society, some of which, are you know, we have influence, but we don't have the final say. And just even individual conditions of life, mind, body, relationship, they're huge. And the only thing we have some that we're working on some measure of um, working with it is do we respond? Can we respond skillfully in our own hearts and minds? Or are we reactive? And that's the point of this equanimity, as you well know, I think. I love the image of the starfish and the muscles side by side on the rock. Thank you. Thank you. Samreen, please. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you and hear you again today. And Carrie, thank you so much for that. The, <clears throat> the starfish image is fantastic. And I'm just thinking also uh, the fact that we get through everything. Like we're here tonight, so we got through. It's like I'm in Philly, so it's, it's later here. But um, we, we get through it. And I... You know, whether it's I'm, I'm beating myself up through it, you know, while it's going on or I can get out of my 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 own way, no matter what, like I survive it and how much I have, we all have survived. And I don't um, break the feels wrong. I don't take the time to <laughs> to look at that. But um, I'm feeling gratitude that all of you are here and, and uh, your group was there this morning when I needed it. But that that no matter what we get through it and, 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 and can look at it, you know, later and figure out what worked and maybe what didn't. And I just have gratitude for the ability to do that today. Mm. Thank you so much, Samreen. That is beautifully said. You know, we are a room full of everything ranging from tough survivors to also very fortunate that we've worked with whatever's come up in our lives well enough and we've been lucky enough to find this practice. But, you know, the acknowledgement that we work through a lot, each of us, from the time we're tiny all the way to where we are right now, we work with a ton of conditions, changing all the time. And we survive. Sometimes even thrive. Yes, Ashwarya, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, perfect. 
Thank you, Liz, for being here today. Liz, I had a question about, I think I'm still trying to understand equanimity, the word. It would be great if you could throw some thoughts. I, I feel like I am understanding it more. Yeah. So that's a, it's a good question. It's um, our way of meeting experience in such a way that we can find the resources in ourselves to to respond or to be with to be present with the the wild range of things that get thrown into our lives both by our own you know minds oftentimes our own minds run the gamut or uh things that we do or things that other people say and do it's finding that that place in ourselves that recognizes that this is a natural part of life, that there's going to be this wild range of things that happens, um, that some of it is uh, something that we can learn to respond more skillfully in such a way that we're not yanking ourselves around, you know, getting ourselves really excited and then crashing to extreme lows. Um, we can work on those kinds of skills with mindfulness, you know, just by being aware as we practice mindfulness and we practice awareness, we, can, we become more able over time to be present with this range of stuff and to not be as reactive as, say, before we took up practice. Um, if there was a before, some people grow up in the practice and some people take it up. But, you know, many of us can remember a time when, you know, someone would say something and we'd be upset for days afterwards. Whereas maybe now we're learning to, okay, maybe we're upset, but at times we're mindful. We can, we can come to maybe thinking about, you know, what's going on with them? Maybe this is not about me. Maybe this is about what's going on in them. Or we can even uh, calm ourselves and realize, you know, that's going on in that other person. And I'm going to try and work with whatever I can work with. So it's this finding this middle, the so-called middle way in Buddhism. Rather than um, yanking ourselves around to extremes or going to um, some of the many uh, ways we try to control experience, you know, through demanding justice, being outraged, uh, being uh, just taking it inward and being very sad or despairing or distraught or blaming ourselves. Instead of blaming ourselves or blaming others, we learn. Well, you know, there's this thing called dukkha. There's this mismatch or this unsatisfactoriness in life where people have different experiences and they don't come together like this. Maybe if we're lucky, they come together like this and then there are these differences. So we have this unsatisfactoriness built into conditioned experience and we come to recognize things don't last. They aren't constant. This impermanence. And we also come to recognize that we're not a fixed thing and neither is anybody else. Everything's changing. So equanimity, by the way, can arise naturally. Often it arises naturally as we continue to practice awareness and mindfulness again and again as often as possible. We'll find over time equanimity will happen for us. And tonight we practice with inviting it, you know, in a kind way, kind of inviting it. But thank you. It's a really good question. Yeah. So it's already 7.01. So I uh, was happy to be with you all. If you'd like to unmute and say goodnight to one another, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. 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 Thank you.